the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We are in James chapter 1. Last week we finished up at verse 8. And today we're going to go from verse 9 to verse 18. And I will remind you of a couple things about our context. But this is a very important section of scripture. You'll remember that James is writing to people who are enduring severe persecution. They are in fact enduring poverty because they're on the run constantly from place to place and being absolutely dependent upon the kindness of people who had to give. Many of them had lost every possession that they had owned and certainly a good bit of their wealth if they didn't lose it all. Many of them had relatives that had been thrown into prison. And persecution wasn't just from the pagan government of Rome but also from their own people. The religious leaders were persecuting the Christian Jews. So to look around them and to look at themselves in their impoverished state, to look at the condition of their government and their home, they would despair. And you remember that we read last week in verse 2 of chapter 1, that James, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, makes a sort of shocking request of people who are going through such trial and tribulation. He says to them in verse 2, Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Now think about that. Whenever you fall into various trials, consider it nothing but joy. And he gives the impression through the way he phrases this that that in the going of life, they were going to fall from trial to trial to trial. And it was in fact the case because they moved from persecution to persecution to persecution. Rejected by their family, rejected by their friends, not able to support themselves living on the kindness of strangers and it would be a, it would be appropriate to get up in the morning and say okay i'm wondering what's going to i'm going to fall into today i wonder if i will survive today i wonder if i will eat today or be able to clothe myself or protect my family my children i don't know what's going to happen i don't know what's going to come against me 
And James looks at that believer and he says, Consider it all joy. This is not a natural request. This is certainly not something that you could do naturally. It's a call to the supernatural. It's a call for us to be supernatural. To live to something that went beyond the body, that went beyond the externals of life. To view life from our spiritual perspective with eyes of faith. To see things from heaven's point of view. As I said last week, there's never an excuse for us to not have joy in terms of how we live. You have joy. Do you have Jesus? You have joy. Joy is not an emotion. It's not even an intellectual appraisal of your circumstances. Joy is literally the expression of the fruit of the Spirit of God through a heart of faith that says, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I will rise up and know the joy of the Lord in my living. And I will bring forth the testimony of his presence within And the light of my countenance will be his light. And I will show the earth. And it doesn't depend upon whether or not I'm clothed. Whether or not I'm fed. Whether or not I am safe. It depends upon the favor and goodness of my God. Who is with me and loves me. Express joy. James is declaring to them. It's time to embrace the mind of Christ. It's time to know the mind of Christ concerning suffering. In that regard, I want to remind you of a couple of verses. Romans 8, verses 5 through 7. For he says, For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God, both now and forever. The mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. Now, it says that those who are living according to the Spirit are to set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and His purpose. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. Nothing to do with your body. We are yielded to the will of God concerning all those things, are we not? We are completely abandoned to what He has for us. We want what He wants for us. Our ability to walk in truth is simply in our reliance upon the Spirit of God walking by the truth that He is our life. The mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life, life, and peace. 
The Spirit brings you into the fullness of life and into the peace of God, not of circumstance. Let's look at our text. We're going to read James chapter 1, verses 9 through 18. Would you stand with me as I read his word? Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position as a born-again believer called to the true riches and to be an heir of God. And the rich man is to glory in being humbled by trials, revealing human frailty, knowing true riches are found in the grace of God. For like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind and withers the grass. Its flower falls off and its beauty fades away. So too will the rich man in the midst of his pursuits fade away. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. For each and one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly lust and passions. Then, when the illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of life, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. It was of his own will that he gave us birth as his children by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creation." a prime example of what he had created to set apart to himself, sanctified, made holy for his divine purposes. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Now, let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position as a born-again believer called to the true riches and to be an heir of God. And the rich man to glory in being humbled by trials, revealing human frailty, knowing true riches are found in the grace of God, for like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. Now, what is going on here is that God, James, the Spirit of God through James, is saying to them, your life is not in your external condition. It's not in your earthly trappings. It's not secured by them. It is not kept by them. Your life is in Christ. And if you want to know where your reward is, that reward that is far better than anything that this world might give you or might confer upon you, it is in Christ. Christ. It is from God. 
And these riches can be known by the rich in their wealth, and it can be known by the poor in their poverty, but neither will be able to know it apart from God. A brother may have no choice as to the circumstances he is in. But what is being said here is the circumstances are not important. Now that's what the world waves in front of us day in and day out. But that is not the important. It is the perspective of the brother or the Christian that's important. You cannot know the supernatural joy of the spirit focused on your, on your externals. You won't find any joy in it. In the focus of faith upon the presence of Christ, the rivers of living water from his life are released to wash our souls clean of worldly attachment. Financial status is only identity for the carnal. Financial status is only identity for the carnal. We should know that any identity other than the one God has given us is a carnal pursuit of idolatrous distraction. There is a contrast in these verses, and you see that right off, between the temporal and the spiritual. One is only for season, and the other is for eternity. The poor in the Bible have been a metaphor for dependence and humility. It is clear that those of humble circumstances are more inclined to seek the Lord and recognize his blessing. The less we possess on this earth, the less likelihood of our attachment to the temporal things and a greater incentive to live by faith and to recognize the true riches of his grace and the communion of his presence. This is to be prized because he is our one true true treasure and our earthly state is of little importance. So it's very clear. There are things that God withholds from you because they would become a distraction for you. And you have asked the Lord, hopefully, repeatedly, Father, let you be my focus. I want my my focus to be centered upon you. I want to live in the light of your presence, commune with you in a daily and moment by moment way. I want my life to be about you. But there are other things every day, all through the day. We're being prompted, told, I need this, I need that. It would be better if this would happen. It would be better if that would happen. At that point, we often begin to petition God for those things or try to get them on our own, trusting God to help us acquire them. That is not the way. The way is to yield completely to whatever God wants for you. There are things that will get your attention. And you will know, deep-seated in within you, that the Spirit of God is moving you towards that thing. And it's not a matter of resources. God will provide. It's a matter of His will. Yielding to His will, allowing Him to bring into your life whatever He chooses. But listen, you don't want distraction. You don't want to be distracted because it's in that way that the blessings of God become a curse for you. Because apart from the focus of Christ, you can 
and enjoy anything that Christ has given you. Not even your religious activity. Apart from yielding to the Spirit of God, you cannot enter into the truth of all of that God has given you to know. And you've heard me name them many times. Marriage, parenting, the job, you name it. How many times have we become so dissatisfied with what God has given us because we have not been able to see God's provision in it and we have not thanked him for placing us where we are and we have not embraced his, his will in our circumstances. All we can think about is that great day when God would move us out. <laughs> that is not waiting upon the Lord. Not in the truest sense. Waiting upon the Lord is yielding your circumstances to him and allowing him to choose his timing. Being obedient to whatever he's laid in your heart to do. But know that the results of your obedience is up to him. His purposes are completely his. Wanting only what he has for you and delighting in his will for you. Entering into all things with thanksgiving and praise because God has not changed his determination to move you into greater truth and greater maturity. You are exactly where you are because God has his plan for you. Because he is moving you forward. And it doesn't look like forward to you. It looks like stagnation to you. It looks like misery to you. It looks like a hard place for you. And you're saying, God, what do I need to do to get moved out of here? How about you rest in the fact that God, the God who loves you, who's holding the universe together by the word of his power and you has placed you there for his purposes. How about you yield to that? How about you delight in that? Now, as one theologian pointed out, it would be wrong to assume that the Bible automatically identifies the poor as being righteous and the rich as being wicked. That's being sold to us over the media today but our spirituality has to do with our choices in terms of our experience not our financial status poverty can also be the result of laziness or irresponsibility or godless living it can become an identity too as it has in this day and age just like many of the wealthy it assumes certain entitlements So we're not going to attach ourselves to externals, even though they're our externals, whatever they may be. It won't be our identity. You want freedom? You want to walk in freedom and in confidence? Do you know that the insecurity that you feel in entering into groups or or expressing yourself freely and openly is because you are not confident in who you are? You've attached your identity to externals and you're not able to prop it up well enough to feel secure and confident in your expression. We don't need those things. We can relinquish those things and walk in the confidence of who you are. You are a new creation being. Beloved of God, uniquely made by Him, set on His path and His plan and His purpose for you. You can walk with absolute confidence. You will prosper where He chooses to prosper you. And you will 
diminish as he chooses for you to diminish. You will not leave this planet one day sooner than God calls you. You are not the fate of your life. You will make mistakes. You will stumble and fall. You will certainly sin. And God won't be scratching his head trying to figure out what to do about you. He already has a plan for you. Get up and walk forward in the confidence of the Lord and receive from him all that he would give you with thanksgiving. That is the Christian life. The rich man is to glory in being humbled by trials, revealing human frailty. Knowing true riches are found in the grace of God. For like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. To live for riches is to quench your thirst with salt water. It may have a temporal advantage, but it has no spiritual advantage. It may insulate you from the troubles of this world, but it will not relieve you from them. And your greatest need can never be met by riches. What God wants to teach you in wealth, he wants to teach you in poverty. It is the same lesson that you have a God who can be relied upon. And what what James has done is he's leveled the playing field here. He says, you wealthy man, look at your frailty. You cannot add one day of your life with all your wealth. You cannot remove the heartaches with any pennies you've got in your hand. You cannot make yourself over by the wealth that you possess. Plastic surgery won't do it. If you looked at Hollywood lately, it's not going to happen. Because this body is not your identity. At least not what God chose for you. Your identity is made by him. Perfect for you. Perfect for him. Be confident in it. The idea of temporal security is a powerful lure for the carnal. The soul must be disciplined to reckon on God alone. The independence that wealth can afford is hard to surrender. The need of all mankind is spiritual. It may only be met by Jesus. Only with eyes of faith can we see the vanity of worldly wealth and know the reality of our abundance in Christ. As Peter writes, we are born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable, beyond the reach of change, and undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. We are born anew. Our inheritance is imperishable. What can this world take from you? It can't even take your life without permission. (laughs) What can this world take from you? Nothing. The things that you fear. The things that you are holding on to with a death grip. Deep within your soul. Praying that God would never take them from you. This fear is brought on by the enemy who has seated you in the vulnerability of the flesh and in the will of man. These things cannot be true. Though you may lose things in this world, you lose nothing in eternity. That's what he's saying. Nothing. Everything you see around you will be dust. But those of us who have yielded to the Spirit of God and become new creations, we will walk into eternity eternal. 
As Christians, no temporal circumstance inside or outside the body prevents us from knowing and experiencing joy. Only our refusal to live by the Spirit, recognizing God's sovereignty and unconditional love for you, will lift you out to exude praise, thanksgiving, joy, and a renewed passion. It is choosing how you will live, by faith or by sight. If you believe you have no reason for joy or hope or thanks, it is because you've chosen to live your life according to the flesh. As James writes in a quote from Isaiah 40, Like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. Speaking of the rich man, but let me tell you, it's true of the body. It's true of all of us. It's true of everything that you hold dear and valuable apart from the souls and spirits of those people that you love in Christ. They will never fade. They go on to a greater glory, to a greater revelation. Wisdom will apprise the temporal in truth. Faith embraces what sight cannot. Faith embraces what sight cannot. Verse 12. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.